Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burugun campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Well, it's so great to see so many of you here today and so many people getting baptized in our uh, 8.30 service. Just people making a public declaration of their faith and their trust in Jesus. And let me say it at the outset that in our second service, we're going to have seven baptisms. Oh, wow, you look, sound really, really excited about We have seven baptisms in the second service. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you are paying attention because I'm going to ask you a few questions about our play today. And I want you to yell out your answer because I have a prize for you. All right? Here it is. I've got Mars bars here. Ooh, this will be interesting. Sugar boost for our young kids. All right, here we go. Are you ready? What was Paul's name before he became Paul? Oh, somewhere here. Who was that? Who yelled out Saul? Come here. Come on. Come on down. You've got a chocolate here. Come on. Grab it. Grab it quickly. Are you? Yep. There you go. All right. Hebert, second one. How many people were on board the ship in total? Hey? No. Yell it out. You were not paying attention. 276. Who said that? I didn't hear it, but this is a bonus for you. Catch it. There you go. All right. Here we go. What was the name of the island that Paul got bitten by a snake? Ooh, who was that? Yeah, there you go. Woo! And last but not least, where was Paul's final destination? Rome, Italy. There you go, Trevor. Catch it. Oh, let's give them a big hand. Wonderful. Wonderful. Now, as you have seen in our short play this morning, I'll be speaking on one of Paul's experiences, actually one of three shipwreck experiences of Paul. And this particular one is quite amazing because this is the most detailed recording of that shipwreck. Like, as you can see, there were a lot of details, the number of people, where they're heading, the first island that they stopped, and everything else was really beautifully fleshed out and described by the writer so that we get to have a, a feel and understand that every detail that happened in Paul's journey. So our story this morning really shows the declaration of Paul in Philippians where he said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Because being an apostle of Jesus, it was never easy for Paul to be a follower of Jesus. So we might ask ourselves the question, who was Paul? Well, let me share with you a few things. Who was Paul? Before he received a vision of Jesus Christ, Paul was a member of the Jewish council or the Sanhedrin. He was an influential leader in Jerusalem. And he was the persecutor of the followers of Jesus called the way. And his intention is to kill, not just to punish, to kill everyone that says they believe in Jesus. So that was Paul before he received the vision 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. After he received a vision, Paul was a changed man. He was a follower of Jesus. He was an apostle to the Gentiles, from being a persecutor to a preacher, from a murderer to a missionary, planting churches all across Asia Minor and all uh, different parts of Europe. Paul was willing to go to prison, be flogged for what he believed, and prepared to die for his faith in Jesus Christ. And in the New Testament, Paul wrote about 13, 14, if you include the book of Hebrews, of the books of the New Testament. Majority of the books of the New Testament. Many Bible scholars actually have agreed that after Jesus Christ, Paul is the next prominent person in the New Testament. Isn't that incredible? From a persecutor to a preacher, from a murderer to a missionary, preaching the gospel, taking it out of the Jewish community and the Jewish place geographically and taking it out to the Gentiles so that they get to hear the message of the gospel of grace in Jesus Christ. So in our story, in our account, in our, in our text, and even in our play this morning, there are a number of lessons that we can learn from. And I'd like to draw your attention on a few of these lessons that we can learn from this story. The first one, the first lesson we can learn is that no matter what happens, God's purpose prevails. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what the difficulty, no matter what the trial, God's purpose will always prevail in the end. The second lesson that we can learn is that God's protection, we learn God's protection in the midst of the storm. God never desires that he removes the storm from our lives, but even in the midst of the storm, he will be with us. Amen? Amen. And of course, the final lesson that we can learn from this story is of God's provision, that God's provision and promise is guaranteed. Not 50-50, not 60-40, not, you know, 40-60 or anything like that. But God's provision is guaranteed all the time. And I'm sure that many of us can testify to the provision of God in our lives. God's overall purpose for the world is to bring people into relationship with him through Jesus Christ. That is why Jesus' final charge to his disciples in Matthew 28 says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, and so therefore go and make disciples into all the world, baptizing them and teaching them, uh, sorry, teaching them and baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Those were Jesus' final charge to his disciples. And he said, And surely I am with you. Always, even to the very end of the age, even to the very end of the ocean, even to the very end, whatever it is that you're journeying, God says, I will be with you always. And so this is the mission of God. This is the mission of God's heart, where missiologist calls it the missio dei, meaning the mission of God for the world. The church... Our mission basically is a subset to the mission of God. Why? Because we are agents of God's mission on this planet. And so therefore we have the same charge as the disciples. We have the same mandate as the disciples. And this morning, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, this is also your mandate and your charge. I remember attending a missions conference a few years ago now. 
and the speaker was the international director of um, operation mobilizations. And one sentence that he said really struck a chord in my heart. He opened his message by saying, you are either a missionary or a mission field. You are either a missionary or a mission field. What is the implication of that statement? In other words, that if you are not willing to obey and follow the purposes and the desire and the plan of God for the world, you are either a missionary or a mission field. And that might be a question for us to wrestle with this morning. When Paul saw and received the vision of Jesus, hearing Jesus speak to him on the way to Damascus, he took it very seriously. And from then on, he was called by God to be an apostle to the disciples. In Acts chapter 9, verse 15 and 16 is a record where it says, But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he suffers for my name. In other words, there was a cost involved for Paul to follow Jesus. It wasn't like a, a cruise, as we can see this morning. It wasn't like that, like, oh, I'm going to take a cruise to Italy from Caesarea. That would be fantastic. God's plan and purpose for Paul was to preach the gospel of grace in Jesus Christ, and it came at a price. It came at a cost, and yet God's purpose prevailed. Paul never lost sight of his calling in spite of the challenges and the difficulties that he faced and he went through, being on trial, being accused, or anything like that, being flogged, being thrown into jail and prison, and yet he never faltered in following Jesus. You see, the metal of a person shines forth in the fires of testing. Crises truly reveal the character of a person. If you've seen somebody who's never went through any difficulties in life, and when something hits, they just break. But go and compare another person who just went through so many difficult things in their lives and was able to come through it, able to stand up again, trusting God completely. And you will see a different character. Crisis defines our character. I remember um, last year when I was praying about, Lord, how can our creative ministries be missional so that we can continue to fulfill the purposes of God for our community. And I remember around about August, an email came through from the chaplain of Milaluka Women's Prison. This is after I prayed and just asking God the question, how can our creative ministries be missional rather than just providing music for all of us on a Sunday morning? And so this email was basically saying, hey, Jonathan, because of COVID-19, all of the programs at the prison has been shut down. And there's absolutely nothing for the women at Milaluka. And she said, would it be possible for you to bring a music team and organize a Christmas carols concert to bring joy this Christmas for the women at Milaluka? I said, I'll get back to you in two weeks. After thinking about it and considering how I might do it, we went on the 12th of December 
to run a one hour and a half Christmas carols concert at Milaluka. And at that time, there were 200 inmates, women, from age 18 to grandparent, grandma age. And out of the 200, 120 women came out of their cells to join us in our Christmas carols concert. We were able to bring joy, the message of hope, the message of Christmas. We were able to speak, not message or do a sermon. I I was a bit cheeky because I called it transition talk (laughs) instead of a short message. I just go, let's just call it transition talk. But it was basically mini sermon and mini messages so that we can speak into the lives of these women. And guess what? There's another opportunity that have opened for us in another prison. Fantastic. God's purpose will always prevail if you are willing to obey and willing to follow. The second lesson that we can learn from this is that God's protection in the midst of the storm. You see, the Mediterranean Sea is rough in the winter, and the Paul, uh, the ship that Paul was on board, they actually left a little bit late. And so they were kind of in the midst of this really rough season in the Mediterranean. And as you can see in our play this morning, they actually went through, uh, scholars have described it, that they had to sail really close to the coast. And sometimes they even kind of make a stop because it was just so rough. And, And as we've seen in the skit this morning, that finally they end up on the island of Malta. But there are a lot of things that happened along the journey. Paul received a word from the Lord, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and assured him that all 276 lives on board will be be spared. No one will perish. Now, how reassuring is that? How reassuring is that? And Paul was able to speak courage to the people, even to the the centurion and, and the soldiers and the people on board, not just him and his two friends, but everyone on board. He was able to testify about the protection of God. He said, not one life will be lost. Every single one of us will be spared. We might do a bit of swimming, a few kilometers of swimming, but in the end, we will be all right. And there'll be a a grilled barbecue waiting for us on the island. He didn't say that. (laughs) But you see, it was not an easy cruising experience for Paul and his friends. And yet God protected them in the midst of the storm. You know, in the account of the, uh, the Gospels, we see Jesus coming the storms. Yeah? But here, we kind of see God stirring up the storm. Why is that? In order to fulfill his purpose for Paul. And it doesn't matter. Sometimes we really pray, Lord, take this storm away from my life. But maybe perhaps, might it be that God's purpose is to stir up a storm in your life to assure you and to, to assure you of his abiding presence in you and in me, even in the midst of the storm. It's not necessarily removing and sparing us and shielding us. Why? Because he promised, he said, I will be with you even to the very end of the age. God's protection. When I was about 23, 24, I actually have a Paul experience of a shipwreck myself. I took a team on a short-term trip to one of the islands of the Philippines, five of them all together. And because there was no uh, 
kind of like proper boat transportation that you pay, get a ticket to go to this island. We were kind of like dependent on cargo, little mini catamaran boats that take goods to the island. And so we were able to speak to the, to the skipper and say, hey, would you be able to give us a ride? We're going to this island. He goes, yeah, that's fine. And if you see some photos or have experienced some little mini boats in the Philippines, they're kind of pretty primitive and basic. And so I remember sitting on the very top, with, on, on the top, and, and experiencing this beautiful, you know, afternoon sun in the Philippines and the tropical, you know, climate and everything like that. And all of a sudden, I felt this heat from my bottom. And I was like, why is that warm? <laughs> and so then I turned around and flipped the top, and this flame just was coming out. And we had no idea how it happened and how the boat. And at this time, while the skippers were trying to turn on the engine, we were already drifted away, drifted away for about three kilometers from the shore already. And the time was about 5.30, 6 o'clock, so about like getting dark. And when I flip and the flame and, and, the, and the, the goods that were on the ship was like dry ice, cement, bags of rice, and, and all this. And they just started to melt. And so I was kind of like you know, shrinking and all this. And so I ran to the other end of the boat and there was five of us and one of the guys in my team was basically a seaman so he knows what to do and when he assessed the situation, he said, everybody, jump ship. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. And there was a 52-year-old in my team who did not know how to swim. So we all jumped, we threw all our luggage and the, the petrol that was part of the thing to be taken to the island, and we jumped, and because we couldn't jump very far, we just kind of landed there next to the boat that's in fire. And then our team member said, swim away from the boat. It's like, oh, okay, so we swam away, and this lady jumped on me and pushed me down to the water, <laughs> and I, I had to shake her, and I said, hey, don't push me down, just calm down. Okay. Held her chin, I said, we swam away. From, from the boat, and I kid you not, the boat exploded right before our very eyes. And we were water treading for 30 minutes that felt like three hours before a rescue boat of a fisherman, very kind enough to come and rescue us and just pull us out of the water like dead bodies because we were so tired after water treading for 30 minutes. We went to the shore, we lost all our luggage, we have no clothes, wet everything. We arrive on the island, we have nowhere to go. So we started knocking on the neighbors and said, hey, this is what happened to us, would you be able to help us? Oh no, no, no our house is so small, this is a tiny little hut. Next one, we knock on the door, oh, would you be able to help us, this is what happened? Yes, come. And this lady just invited us in, gave us warm clothes, gave us dinner that night. And after dinner, at about 8 o'clock, we all went back to the beach. And all five of us were sitting there looking at the stars. And I go, who would have thought that this is what is going to happen to us? Like we were going to go to this island preaching the gospel and do evangelism. And here we are. And I remember taking the bus back to the capital city barefooted. But you see, I have experienced the goodness of God even in the midst of that. Complete stranger welcomes in. The third lesson that we can learn here, therefore, is the provision of God. The God's provision is guaranteed. It's not half-half. It's not 50-50. It's not unsure. God's provision is guaranteed. And the Lord's favor was with Paul when they arrived on the island. Even before they arrived on the island, the centurion, that Paul found favor by that centurion. 
and more so when they arrive on the island of Malta. And you've seen the, the, the story played out this morning that the provision of God for Paul and his friends and all 276 of them. Verses 7 to 10 of Acts 28 says, Publius, the chief official of the island, he welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went to see him and after prayer, placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. See again, God's purpose prevailed in that. Not just the provision of the generosity and hospitality of that household. And then he said, after three months on the island, Paul's group boarded another ship from Alexandria and made their way to Rome. And he said, this is important. The people of Malta provided all of the provisions they needed for the length of their journey. Isn't that incredible provision from God? You see, as Tinjia was saying, Emmanuel, God with us. God will always be with us if we are willing to follow and if we are willing to obey. I really like the Passion Translation of Philippians 4, which is Paul's declaration in the midst of all this. Philippians 4.19, he said, For I am convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need you have. For I have seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through the anointed one, Jesus Christ. Paul have seen it. Paul have experienced it. And he is convinced and he is convicted that my God will supply and will meet your every need. What is your need this morning? Where has God placed you as your place of mission? as your, or your place of, of being a witness for God? Perhaps that might be one of the questions we need to ask. Why? Because while we still have strength and breath, we have a mission and we have a purpose. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, just for the lessons that we can learn from Paul and what an incredible man of faith he is. And Father, as we conclude this Summer Sunday series, we pray that also you will reveal to us what it is that you have called us to do. Help us to be aware and to be discerning the mission that you have for all of us. And Lord, we pray that when we do hear and receive that call, that we like Paul, will offer ourselves wholeheartedly to follow and obey you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.